Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Joel Elston here. January 7th, 2016. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, we decided this week we're going to talk about a story that Joel, you shared with me um, after we did last week's show. And, and I remember saying, why didn't you say that during the show? Because it was such a great story. So we figured we'd hang it over for this week. But uh, anyway, how you doing? Things are going outstanding. I'm really looking forward to a, a great year. I think our radio show is, is really going to hit it big this year. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to all that's going to be involved. It's great to talk to you again this week. It's great to talk to you, too. And, and uh, you know what? I, I think you're right. I think something wild is going to happen with our show. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. But, I mean, first of all, we have so much fun doing this. And as you and I both know, when you're in that, that positive feeling about something, stuff's going to happen. You may not know what it is, but stuff's going to happen. I, I believe that. I, I have this, this – when you're in that zone of, of positive – every week when we do the show, it is almost – because I, I do work with people for a living, you know, doing counseling and various things, I, I find this show therapeutic for me as well. I This is, in a sense, sort of therapy for me. I'm, I love it. When I hang up, I feel – such. I hope the audience feels that as well, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, I feel it. I mean, that's why I've been doing it for, what is it now, four years that I've been doing this thing? Three and a half years? Right. Yeah, because it gives you that jolt every week, you know? It gives you that, yeah. that burst of positive enthusiasm. No matter how bad the rest of the week could have been, you know there's that one thing you're looking forward to, and when it comes, all of a sudden, everything turns around. Everything feels better. And if you're it in does. a good zone, then it just takes you to a higher level, which is even better. Well, and, and that's where things, and that's sort of the whole message of our show in general is when you can learn to live on this level. If 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 life were, if we could find a way to live in this zone in life on a daily basis for the majority of the time, amazing things will continue to happen. That's 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 sort of the lesson for everyone is is learning to live in that positive and the appreciation and 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 understanding of where we're at. It's such an amazing gift. You, you know Sean Aker, of course, the Harvard professor who uh, wrote The Happiness Advantage, a terrific book. Um, he told, tells a, a, a little, not so much a story, he tells about a, 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 an experiment you can do that actually helps you improve your positivity in the most simplest way you can imagine. You, you don't even have to commit to doing daily exercises or anything like that. What he says is you take a pen and you put it sideways into your mouth. You know how you can hold a pen in your mouth sideways? Yes. You put the pen in your mouth that way, and just because of what the, the shape of the pen does to your mouth, it forces your mouth into a smile position, which immediately puts a little dose of dopamine into your system. <laughs> well, it, it does. It, it, that, that's such a uh, – one of the things that I have used a long time with severely depressed clients has been forced smile therapy is what I call it, where – we 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 it, it, I can I can make the most depressed person they, they, their arms are crossed their eyes are looking down and I'll say smile as big as you can as ridiculously big as you can and after a little coaxing they usually do it and then I'll and then and then they'll sort of start laughing like it's so ridiculous and then it just it lifts so just that yeah. the act of doing it the act of smiling. That's amazing. Have you done the, the little experiment on smiling that, that uh, Sean talks about? 
Yes. The, well, the, I've the never actually put a pin in my face. Oh, it, it, it's, it, try it sometime. Try it, try it with one of your patients sometime, with one of your clients. It's, it's absolutely astonishing how it feels and what it, what it looks like when you're doing it to somebody else. And for those who don't know what we're talking about here, you can do this experiment with anybody, preferably with somebody you're not really close to because you get a better result. Because when you're doing it with somebody you're close to, you say, oh, well, that's just because I'm close to them. But you, you, you sit face-to-face with this other person, and the other person's job is to sit there stone-faced and just not react to anything that, that you do. And what you do is you smile at them, a steady, loving smile right into their eyes, just looking deep into their eyes with as big a smile and as, as much love as you can foster. And you, if you do that for like 10 seconds, in about 80% of cases, they'll just burst into a smile or they'll break down or, or they'll do something that just shows that they couldn't take it anymore. They couldn't keep stone-faced. <laughs> well, and, that, and that, those are wonderful examples of how we, we it, it works either way. You, either the, the smile comes from inside where you're feeling good, you smile, something makes you laugh, or you smile, it has a sort of a retroactive result going, make you feel good the other way. So it's, yeah. it, it's a... It, it, it's been proven to work both ways, so that's a great example. And, and it's so easy because you, you don't need any prep to do that. You, no. It's just, you know, you got somebody nearby, hey, let, let's try this thing I heard about. <laughs> well, it, it works wonderfully. And it feels great. It feels great. It does. But, but when I heard that about putting the pen in your mouth, I mean, we've all I, – I don't actually put pens in my mouth normally, but I've seen other coworkers and so forth do it, and I always thought, you know, that's not very sanitary. Little <laughs> did I know that they were actually feeding themselves dopamine, and they probably didn't know it themselves. <laughs> exactly. That, that's, the, that's the amazing thing. They, they had stumbled across a, a sort of an antidepressant. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, anyway, we're going to tell this story, or you're going to tell this story, and uh, just a, a little prep. This is a story you told me after last week's show, and the, the well, you do the setup of the story, but I, I just felt like it had to be told because it's such a remarkable story. So people, pay attention. This one's going to make your day. Thank you, Walt. We, as you know, I, I'm a life coach, and I work with uh, people mainly with addictions, life situations, depression. A lot of my people are success, looking for success. I use the law of attraction in my practice daily. It's, it's sort of the underpinning of everything I believe. Whether I'm actually labeling that when I'm working with people or not, that's what I do. Um, I'm also a big advocate for uh, children in foster care. I've adopted two boys, uh, you know, my, my son TJ, uh, my son Chris. They, they were both adopted from foster care, and I find kids home, so I'm a big advocate for kids in foster care, and I, I know there's a lot of great foster care workers and a lot of great foster care homes, but there's probably uh, many more that are not so great, and I don't think these kids get a really fair break. So one of the things that I do is I have let the local social workers know that I have two or three spots a week that I keep open to work with clients, I get referrals from social workers, and I'll work with some of their, their kids on if they have a particularly tough case or a kid seems to not be able to get something, the, the, the social worker will call me. I will meet with the kid sometimes four or five, ten times, uh, and I don't charge because they, they don't pay. Medicaid doesn't pay for this type of therapy, right? which yeah. is really good because I, I'm wanting, I have the freedom to do it because I don't have to, to follow anyone set modality. And it's also so, great that you're willing to do it. I mean, there are many who wouldn't be, and that's fantastic that you do it at all. 
Yes. So, it, it, and again, it's a passion of mine. And, I, and, and and if you're saying, well, that's selfless, absolutely not. I get more out of it than the kids, too. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so, so the idea that I, I, yes, I'm very selfish when I do it because it's amazing to see them when they get it. Uh, but the, the one young man that I'm talking about that I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact start date, but it was, a, it was probably three or four weeks before Christmas that I, I met with him. And he, he was an amazing young man, and we're going to call him Bob for the sake of this. That's certainly not his name. Sure. But I, I'm just using that name because it's, it's yeah, easy to protects say. Protects privacy and so forth, yeah. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I meet with Bob the first time, and he was, he was pleasant, but he was expecting your traditional therapist. The, the same one that tell me about your childhood, how does that make you feel? He's been in foster care since he's been eight years old. He's 14 now. His mother uh, was a severe drug addict, and she went to prison. That's when he went into foster care. And then when she was in prison, she died. Um, he doesn't know who his father is. Mm-hmm. So this kid is in the system, and he really, since he's been eight years old, has been rudderless. Um, so when we're sitting down, I said, okay, Bob, I said, what, what's your story? And I just, and he said, what do you mean? I go, just, what's your story? <laughs> and and I'm, I ask it that way because I find it interesting in what they choose to respond with. Mm. Because usually what they choose to respond with is, is really what's foremost in their mind. So he says, well, I'm depressed, I'm oppositional defiant, I have ADHD, and he named one other thing. And I'm like, Really? You you believe that silliness? <laughs> and and, and he, he looked at me in a way of, of well, I've been told that. <laughs> and as we were talking, he was explaining how he, he, he and he certainly wasn't making excuses. He, he, he behaved in an oppositional way. Uh, he, he, his study habits, appeared, you know, it certainly looked like he had ADHD. Uh, and you know, if you look, if your mother dies in prison when you're eight years old, I think you, the fact that you're probably a little depressed would be a normal state of mind. Well, I, I would uh, say that his therapist would have to be very proud because he did all the things they said he should do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I I started talking to him about the law of attraction and, and our inner dialogue and how we think and how he's been giving given these labels. And then he's behaving as the way he believes he should behave. Yeah. And and it, it, it he he became very fascinated with this. And you and I have had a conversation multiple times about. In fact, you gave me some insight that I use with other people now. The younger the person, and I, I do think you need to be at least thirteen or fourteen. But the younger the person. I think the more susceptible or willing they are to the concepts of the law of attraction. Yeah. And I'm finding that to be the case when I when I use this with the younger people. His inner dialogue is so incredibly negative, and it's been fed to him. It isn't one he developed. No. It is one you're lazy, you you're, you're no good. You're going to you know he he you're going to just keep repeating what you're 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 going to die in prison is what he thinks is. What he was thinking his outcome would be, yeah. just like his mom did. So he had a very negative inner dialogue and belief system. So when we were when we were started talking, I, I originally I brought I always have a a, a a copy of my book, The Bench, a copy of The Secret, and a copy of The Teen Secret. It's the the secret version for teenagers. Mm-hmm. 
But after talking to this kid, I, I determined he really, I just gave him the secret. I didn't give him the kid's secret. He was a very mature kid mentally. And I had him read it, and, and you know, he read it a couple of days, and we talked again on the phone, and then we met again. And his, his, he was like a sponge absorbing this. Wow. And he, 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 he was asking me questions, and, it, it, and just a million questions about, we weren't talking about how depressed he was. We were talking about the law of attraction and how he was in control of his perspective, and his perspective eventually becomes his reality. And he tells me of the story. He said, after, after reading The Secret, he said, I was lying in bed, and I remember thinking his words, quote-unquote, how shitty his life was. Mm. And he just laying there, and he said, no. He said, really, I got a lot going for me. I'm, I'm smart. I'm good-looking. I have a, and he, and he, he, made, he created his own positive list. Wow. And he told me that he went to bed that night happier than he has ever remembered being in his life. Mm. That was mind-boggling that after his understanding of it, he implemented it on that level in a perfect way. And, and, and really, and he woke up the next morning, and he was just, he's like, I, I really am blessed. I really have, I have an opportunity to do something here. I am in control. So he, he goes to school, and again, this is a few days before the Christmas break, and he goes to school, and his teacher, who, you know, he, the kid's been getting, you know, D's and F's and barely getting through school. He goes up to his teacher, sticks his hand out, shakes her hand and says, I, I want to apologize for my behavior. I am no longer going to behave that way. I'm going to turn my life around, and I'm going to get going forward. I'm, I, want to, I want to be different. I'm not wow. going to be oppositional anymore. And, of course, the teacher's initial reaction was, Okay, is there a camera here? Are you, are you, me? Are you about to, you know, so you know, play a practical joke? Alan Funt has got to be in the neighborhood. Exactly, and and he 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 asked it, and he went as far to say, "Can I be moved closer to the front? I need to get away from the kids in the back." Wow! So this was a an incredible statement that he had made, and he started, and him and I met a few times, and I was meeting with him more frequently. I actually made time to meet with him because he was so so into this process and he, he was texting me and calling me with little discoveries as he was making them. So we were we were really going well and I, I was just impressed at the rate that he was receiving it. Mm. So he went to his foster mom and basically told her, and she's a good lady, but she's jaded by the system. She has two other foster care kids. She's been doing this for years. She sees the trend. You know, you, you bring them into foster care, you battle with them. They, they turn 18, they, they get thrown out to the wolves, and they eventually end up in jail. That's pretty much every foster care kid, mm. um, and, or, or homeless or some horrible event somewhere. So she has not necessarily had a fresh view of foster care in a long time. The no. systems, you know, that you, you get assigned, you have, the foster care kids all have Medicaid, and it's a blessing they have medical care, but... Most of the time, they end up with sub substandard, in my opinion, substandard or subpar psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists that are used to the system too. So it, it's just this: they're stuck in this relentless circle that the world doesn't seem to know about. Well, this young man is. And by the way, isn't that a statement of, of the negative side of the law of attraction? Exactly. They're they're participating in it and they don't know it. Yep. I worked with the foster mom, and I gave her the secret and a copy of my book, and 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 you know, and and really 
actually started doing some work with her on the phone of trying to get her to understand what she was doing, mm-hmm. what an incredible impact she could make on kids. And, and her perspective started to change. Wow. So, so she started telling me how, what she, she was seeing Bob in an entirely different manner. He became a different child in the house. <laughs> the two other foster care kids are starting to change because Bob's telling them, what you're worried about is irrelevant. And he's all of a sudden... <laughs> You know, this guru on the law of attraction, other kids are picking up on it. I love it. So it's like a virus in the house, as she described it, in a good way. Yeah. So, and and, and again, and she's also quick to point out, he's still a 14-year-old boy. Sure. He's still, it isn't like he's he's lost all the qualities of a 14-year-old boy. It's the fact that he's seeing life so differently and he's changing his inner dialogue. So... School was, go- I mean, right before school, he was going better. He was doing homework, he- stuff he never would do before. Mm. And is really putting some great effort in. Well, he-, he then decided that he needed an appointment with his psychiatrist, and, and he wanted to go over his medications. Man. So she's like, well, you're not scheduled for your psychiatrist for another two months. And he's like, and so she called and got him in over Christmas break and, and uh, the first week of Christmas break. Well, he walked into a psychiatrist's office and he said, I am not ADHD. I may be ADHD, but I've never been tested. I am certainly no longer oppositional defiant. I am not, I am not going to be depressed anymore. I've made up my mind about that. My situation is actually <laughs> exciting. And the psychiatrist just mouth open because the foster moms described psychiatrists looking at him like he was crazy <laughs> and he goes which is a funny thing for a psychiatrist to it, think right it, you know because here this kid is actually the least crazy he's been in his entire life right and now now the psychiatrist is looking like he's that normal <laughs> and 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 the psychiatrist is like well it really didn't have much to say because you know bob was sort of dictating what was going to be taking place and he was telling me he's going to be getting off these medications, and he would be willing to take a test for ADHD, but he's never been tested and finds it fascinating that he's been on ADHD medication, ADHD medication for six years and never once had been tested for that. <laughs> and, and, and again, he used my line. He quoted me. He said, well, my mom died in prison. I'm in foster care. I probably should be a little depressed. I I don't think there's Prozac is going to make that change. So, so, so the again the 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 psychiatrist at at the end of the day basically ended up telling him that he's going to need to see another psychiatrist because he 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 just didn't you know he 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 was sort of like baffling and and Bob explained to him that he certainly needs a new psychiatrist, but in the meantime he's going to work with him on getting him off these meds and giving him an ADHD medication test to see if he really needs it and eventually wean off of those if he doesn't. And and this is all from Bob, wasn't for me, so that he feels that there has to be some kind of supervisory board that would be interested <laughs> in the fact that he is prescribing me medications and have never said two words to me or, or, or given me any test or ask, ask anything. Oh, that's so funny. So you now have a psychiatrist, but he basically threatened the psychiatrist <laughs> with, with turning him over to the medical board, uh, and 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 he's changed his life, and he's changed his inner dialogue. And him and I have had some incredible meetings, where uh, he 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 texted me a few nights ago with a quote from Abraham Hicks, and and for those that you are familiar with that, that's sort of the law of attraction 
getting way out there. And, right. um, you know, it's, it's a, a, a really interesting dynamic. They have some really good stuff, but, but uh, they, they claim to be channeling an ancient uh, prophet named Abraham. And, and again, Bob said, I don't necessarily buy into that ancient prophet thing, but he, he does buy into what they're saying. And, and that's sort of where I'm at on them as well. But it's a very intelligent conversation that he's having with himself, and he realizes he's no longer the victim. And he, he used the term, I'm resigning from the, playing the role of victim. I'm wow. not doing that anymore. Oh, my I, goodness. I, and, and in a few weeks, and, and again, I always wanted to stop and, and, and say, this is what Bob did. I'm not, I'm, I'm not presenting it as I did a miracle here. Bob's doing this a, on a level that few people I've ever seen do this. Um, I, I lit the fuse, and he's the one that's taken this. So this isn't a grandiose report by me. This is I'm as fascinated by it as anybody else that would be observing. Sure. He has absolutely changed his entire way of thinking. Mm. He's a different kid than I met a few weeks ago, a little over a month ago. And he's done that by totally changing his perspective and implementing as he said, I've always been implementing the law of attraction. I've just been doing it on the wrong side. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and he's so and right. And he realizes like, that. That's what's so cool. He's, well, that's he's what he gets does. it. He, well, gets he corrected it. me because I, oh. I, you know, cause it's a hard concept to understand. He, he, when he corrected me, I said, well, you know, the law of attraction hasn't been working for you. And he goes, no, it has. <laughs> I've just been on the wrong side of it. I didn't know that there was another side of it. And, <laughs> And I'm like, well, yes, and, and, and he corrected my, my wording. I said, it works for everybody. And I, as I often say every week on the show, the law of attraction has no emotion. It isn't like it was torturing Bob. It's just what Bob unintentionally was bringing about. Right. It's not his fault. It's what he was, it was given to him. He was taken from a dysfunctional situation. He was placed into an even more dysfunctional situation when he's told a year after that that his mom has died and he has nobody. He doesn't have grandparents. He doesn't have aunts. He doesn't have uncles. He doesn't have anybody. And Man. that's a hard place for a kid to be in. That's a hard place for anybody to be in. Yes. And so the inner dialogue was very negative. And he had been, as he told me, he had tried to go to church before, and he, he, he was very angry because when he went to church, they were talking about how, you know, how it wasn't about the positives that in the Bible that Jesus often talks about, or that all that Jesus talks about is positive and forgiving. That's all that Jesus talks about. But what they focused on in church was how you will burn in hell if you don't comply, and if this happens, and, and you will do this. And, and Bob's reaction was when he was at church, why he never related to it, was he said, well, that would make sense. My mom, you know, I get, I'm born into a, uh, you know, a drug addict mom who goes to prison and she dies when, you know, I'm, I'm eight or nine. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, I'd burn in hell. That's probably my lot. Mm. And, what and, a message he was getting. What, think it, about it, that message for a yeah. moment. That, that's, that's, I'm sorry, but, but the evangelicals, they, they need to pay attention to what they're doing because Oh, man. Well, I won't go there, but continue your story. It's a fabulous well, it, story. Well, it, it, on one note on that, I, I have this vision of one day, and, and assuming that, that you know there is a God, there is Jesus, you get to heaven, I could just see him kicking people right in the book. What were you thinking? What <laughs> were you thinking telling that kid that? Did you not read what I said in the Bible? Because, you know, I always encourage people, if, if, you, if you really want to, get a Bible that has all of Jesus' words in red and just read the red words. 
it's amazing what that says. Mm. Um, but but I, that's getting off track. I would love to stick with the message he was given actually turned him off from any type of spiritual belief. That, that him... all by itself is amazing because you yeah. presented him with what is essentially a spiritual belief after he'd already been turned off to spiritual belief and he turned back on again. Yes. He was so wanting there to be something else. It, I, I described in, in, in my speeches or in my book even where I spent a lot of years of my life looking for something. I knew it was out there. I was brought up in a Southern Baptist home. Really good people. There's no. This isn't judging, but it never felt right. Mm. It never felt like uh, uh, you know, not necessarily the, about the forgiveness of all of what they were talking about, but but it felt so punitive. It felt so incredibly. I said, really? I mean, you could be born into the wrong house or religion, and you're going to burn in hell. That's hard to fathom. Mm. You know, it, it seems so illogical. And then when you 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 get to a place where wait a minute, we bring about what we think about. We are what we focus on. There is something there. The law of attraction is much more like gravity than it is a religion. Although it, it does have a religious basis, too, because it, it even, even it, within Christianity, the whole idea of sowing and reaping is the law of attraction. Completely. Jesus speaks, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. He, he talks about that. And this is exactly... Uh, where where we're going, but with this young man, he he was searching for some type of. I believe we all need a spiritual base to to be fulfilled. I think we have a need to feel something, a connection on a spiritual base, especially when you're so alone. This young man, Bob, is all by himself, mm. and he's in desperate need of stuff. So what what they're going to do, what they are doing, is what he is doing. He's now taking control. He's studying the law of attraction at a feverish pace. He's seeing, he said, I, his words were, I instantly changed my life when I changed my perspective. Instantly. Mm. Boy, talking about getting it. I yeah, mean, I mean, he, he nails it on a It took me months to get where he's got. It took me years to get where he's going. <laughs> exactly. Holy cow. And, and so he's so in tune with this. And, you know, I'd actually, at one point, and we're not going to be able to for a while, but um, at some point I would love to uh, have him on the radio show. He can't oh. write. <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. But if we ever, you know, I, I'm, I'm also, the wheels are turning on another side. I have a family that I'm trying to talk to about maybe looking at adopting this young man, which would be an amazing event. But wow. uh, uh, he doesn't know that. And and if that ever happens, we would have access to him, and that would be amazing. Mm. Um, he is one of, the, one of the people that I've uh, most admired only because he's the way he's changed it in an incredible manner. You and I said last week, in last week's show, the law of attraction has no timetable. Mm -hmm. The only timetable is what we require for it to work. And we're, we're, our belief system allows it to work. His belief system is operating under a 14-year-old's timetable. And that's what he believes. It, he believes it can happen instantly, and it has happened instantly. His His... The uh, teacher, before he left for school, described a great change. His foster mom said it's an entirely different child. Mm. And wow. what, that, what that brings and sort of the point behind all of this is, isn't just necessarily Bob's story. It's the story that this message, if we can incorporate it with 
uh, treatment modalities or other therapeutic interventions or, or make it more mainstream, this has had an immediate impact. This young man has been in counseling since he's been eight years old. And no one has made any progress with him until he discovers the law of attraction. <laughs> Slash positive psychology. I, I know positive psychology is sort of trying to separate themselves from law of attraction a lot of times, but it's, it's very connected. Sure. Um, and it, it's uh, a place for him where he now has an entire set of goals that are much different than before. He didn't care before. He now tells me that he, he's seen Sean Acord's, uh, uh you know video, the one that everybody loves, like you're talking about, and, and, and he, he understands Harvard has a wonderful positive psychology degree now, and that's where he wants to go to school. Wow. And, and oh. this is a foster care kid that had nowhere to go, and I assured him. Well, not only did he have nowhere to go, he believed that everything was going to work out badly for him. Yes. And Holy cow. I, I told him that, that if he gets his grades up, I can assure him we'll figure it out, but he'll go to Harvard. And, uh, and, and, and as I said before uh, to him, that Harvard will, you know, when I hear the story oh, and, he, sure. and see the change, they're going to be like, there'll be a fight between <laughs> which Ivy League school wants him actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who wants this? Who wouldn't want this young man there? Um, and and it, it's, it, it goes to show the power of, for our, our listening audience that may be struggling or they know people that are struggling. The law of attraction has the ability to change things not two weeks from now, right now. And it simply requires you to change the mindset and your perspective to a positive way of thinking right now. And in fact, that's one of the things you mentioned Abraham Hicks, who he did some research on. Abraham Hicks, among the many gurus of, of LOA out there, teaches the idea that the reason stuff doesn't show up instantly is because of resistance that we put up. Yes. The, the other teachers don't really explain that resistance really well, but I think Abraham and Hicks does a nice job with it because essentially what, what they say is the resistance is our emotional reaction to what it is that we're trying to attract. So if we're trying to attract something and then we immediately start to doubt it or to, to not feel good about, oh, it could work out the wrong way and so forth, that's resistance. And what's really cool about the story you've told us about Bob is that Bob offered zero resistance to it from the get-go, which is amazing. Well, and, and that's why it instantly worked for him. Just like you're saying, the, the, the lack of resistance and his 14-year-old enthusiasm, he's wanted something his entire life. Mm. He was slowly buying into the concept that it didn't exist. He was starting to believe that the world was this cold, dark place, that was success was meant for lucky people, that success was meant for people that were born into the right families. Imagine the school that he goes to is, uh, uh, has a very wealthy group of people and a very poor group of people. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those schools that sort of serves two areas. So it's a built-in dichotomy right there. Exactly. So he assumed automatically just by observing that that you know the kids with the nice shoes got to be on that side of the the, the lunchroom and the kids with the, the you know the cheap Walmart shoes were on this side of the classroom and uh, and and and, that, and that's how they're going to spend the rest of his life he just accepted that by the way he now has a really nice pair of shoes for but so we we took care of the shoe situation pretty quick but 
the, the, the concept of this is so startling to me of the change that it made. And I have him writing a lot of this down because one day he's going to write his own book, which will be an incredible book mm. about how he implemented this. And as you said, by the lack of resistance allowed it to instantly change him. He will be on his, and he may be already off of his antidepressants now. They have to wean you off of those. He's been on them for so long. Right. Uh, but, but he was on a taper to get off of those. Uh, he's scheduled uh, at school next week to have his uh, uh, testing for ADHD. He's going. He's not taking his ADHD medication right now, uh, and he's scheduled for a test next week to see if he does need them. Um, he doesn't think he does, and I, I don't either. But he, he, he wants to. Again, he wants to make sure that's reasonable. He, he's reporting no signs of depression. Uh, his his home. His foster mom says he he's the opposite of oppositional. He's helpful. He's kind. Uh, he, he's, he's, she said he's never in the entire time, his chores taking out the garbage. He's never taken out the garbage. He's, since he's done this, he's taken out the garbage every time. In fact, he goes around the house collecting the other garbage now. <laughs> so it, it, it's, a, she said it's a, 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 a different kid. And, Fantastic. And, and it's done because he saw it, accepted it, believed it. And put up no resistance, and it, mm. and so it happened instantly for him. The law of attraction isn't filtering, saying, "Okay, well, you know, we're 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 going to wait for this time limit." It, it can happen immediately, and you know, and, and he 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 wanted he asked he asked me earlier. Uh, he said, "Well, I you know he needed help in finding a therapist." He told us ther- the traditional therapist he was seeing, but what, what she was what he was understanding and believing, and she of course is like, "Well, that's." not what I do. And he's like, well, I need a new therapist. And he, yeah, it's going to be really hard. His therapist. I love that. He fired his therapist. He, he, he fired a psychiatrist and therapist, by the way. Oh, uh, both of them. <laughs> both of them. Yeah, two different people. He's fired both of them now. And, and even though the psychiatrist, he had is still helping him wean, but we're, we're, we have another psychiatrist that's going to be taking over that, that will is supporting the no medication theory. Wow. Um, and, and and we're gonna he's gonna be monitored to make sure there's no you know there isn't going to be any any he's going to be any danger for lack of medication or anything. But sure. one yeah. of the things that I find interesting that we've talked about off air is I have been working in foster helping foster care kids for many years. I've adopted two boys from foster care kids. I've had therapeutic foster kids in my house. I have found 33 kids homes over the years from foster care. The reason I say all that. I never met one foster care child that did not have at least three medications. That, that, that's just I, I kind of sit here and I think about that, and yes. and what that implies is that this is across the board. This isn't just in you know Richmond, Virginia. This is across the board across the country. I'm sure this is the pattern. Well, this is between South Carolina and and so I can factually say say the Rock Hill, South Carolina area and really the entire South Carolina area and the Richmond, Virginia area are were identical in that statement. Mm. Unbelievable. At least. It's just, it's, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> well, and, and it, it's, it's like Bob said, you know, when, and when he's talking to the psychiatrist, my, my, you know, I went into foster care at eight. My mom dies when I'm nine. And you, you're saying I'm depressed. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I, 
and Prozac is not fixing that. The, the thought that goes through my mind is, and it, it, it took you how many college degrees to come to that conclusion? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it, it, I mean, the idea that, and, and he's so logical, and it's like, why does Prozac fix the fact my mom died? Yeah, it right. Isn't. How yeah. does Prozac fix that? What, what does that have to do with me being depressed? And it's such a, uh, again, it's not, it, I'm not saying that people don't need medications. I'm not trying to advocate against all people getting off all medication. But just automatically, these kids go into foster care, and they're given labels, they're given medications, and they perform to those levels, and they, they, they're on a revolving cycle. The foster parents get frustrated as heck. They, they are, are just stuck on, on they, they see no end in sight. It always ends up the same way. The kids drop out of school the moment they can. They run away. They end up in jail. They, it, it's just horrible. And it's a really important point because just by observing the fact that this is systemic, and, and I'm certain it is, I, I, I feel it in my gut, this is systemic across the board, across the country, probably around the world too. And because it's so systemic, it means that there are huge numbers of kids being adversely affected by a system that basically is just doing it by the numbers. They don't. It, it, it's. It, it would be hard for any of them, the people involved anymore, to really care because they just keep seeing the bad results over and over again. So they're being reinforced with the idea that these kids are going to go nowhere. And here we have the story of a kid who turned it around. How he turned it around. He did it through basically applying a philosophy that you and I talk about, the law of attraction, and making that philosophy a real part of his life, and bam, all of a sudden changes happen all over the place. That, to me, is a wonderful opportunity. It means that the entire therapeutic industry can, if they choose, sit up, take notice, and say, wow, we ought to be exploring this on a much wider scale than it has been done so far. And, and at least incorporating portions of it where... It, it, or one of the things that I'm trying to take to the table, next Thursday I'm beginning some training of some foster care parents. I'm going to be implementing this, whether it's allowed or not. I'm going to slip <laughs> it in there. And and it needs to be heard because it, it's helped the family. I've worked with the, the, the mom of, of the, the foster mom of Bob. It's helped the other kids. It's helped the, the, the little orbit that we're dealing with right now. The, you know, the, the cost of... of of foster care is, is very expensive every year. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't remember one time it was around $33,000 per kid is what it, I estimated the cost of every kid in foster care was. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And then the cost of prison per year is somewhere in that, that, that same range. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something like $31,000, $32,000 a year, uh, the cost of people in prison. Well, these kids go from foster care and eventually into prison. So everyone represents $30,000 a year for probably for the rest of their lives that we're going to be paying because nobody could take the time and say, you know, let's do it this way. Let, let's try to change it. I'm willing to go out on a limb here. I'm, and by no means am I saying Bob's a perfect young man. Bob's going to have his ups and downs, and he's going to challenge life just like everybody else. But he, I think he's going to approach life a lot differently, and I think – He's changed the course of his, of what his predetermined destiny was. Not not because it was predetermined by, by genetics or predetermined by any other factor, but he bought into that was his destiny and it was mm. becoming self fulfilling. Yes, and that's the key thing because uh, Sean Aker, mentioning him again, has pointed out that there is actual scientific research that shows us 
that 10% of the predictability about what's going to happen to you can be based can be predicted based on your genetic makeup, your environment, and so forth. The other 90%, if you want to predict the other 90% with accuracy and, and, and have a high level of accuracy in your prediction about what's going to happen with somebody, you have to look at their internal dialogue with themselves. Yes. Because that's where it all happens. And that, that's not just, that's not woo-woo. That's, not, that's actual science. Science has, has proven that to be true. So to me, this is a wonderful opportunity. This is a fantastic opportunity. Yes, right now the current pattern is... You know, huge numbers of people are following the lemmings over the cliff. But we now know that doesn't have to happen anymore. We now know that the whole thing can shift. And that's great news. That's fantastic news. Well, it, it, it goes, it's so exciting because, you know, I've, I've worked very hard in, you know, over the years of on the law of attraction, implementing the positive side of it in my life. And I've seen amazing results. It, it's changed my life in a very, in an incredible way. I'm blessed beyond belief, and I love, it's just, I, I could not be happier with what the law of attraction and understanding it has brought to my life. To see what this young man did at a rate that I could only dream of, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and to make immediate changes, it, it indicates that by if we took this into the school system or developed... You know, I mentioned earlier that I think our radio show is really on the brink of going somewhere this year, and really some great things are going to happen. Mm. And, and one of the advantages, however this, however it goes, there's no way of making that, predicting how that looks. But I think that I want to develop programs eventually for kids. Uh, yes. Where, where we could take this message to them and help them, you know, help them change, and use the key word that Sean was talking about, it, do an audit of your inner dialogue all day. I, I, I have my clients audit their inner, inner dialogue multiple times a day. It's right educational what, to do that. It really is. You learn a lot just by doing it the first time. Yes, and, and once you realize that when you're anticipating, when, you, when you've accepted, well, that's just my luck, of course that's going to happen. And, and what seem to be subtle, no, you know, no big deal thoughts, are often very negative and self-defeating thoughts. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And this is a this is such a huge awakening that you know that we we are starting to see it. And when you see when you see it implemented on someone who has zero resistance and a hundred percent buy-in to to watch an entirely different kid emerge is a testament to what the power of this this of this understanding of the law of attraction and the power of our own thoughts. They're, it's so incredibly powerful. He, he is changing his perspective and has already changed his reality. This is a, is a just, rudderless uh. kid <laughs> that one day, will, I have no doubt, will be going to Harvard and getting his degree from Harvard. I have no doubt. Yeah, well, I'd probably be taking classes with Sean Aker. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 you know, if Sean ever hears the story, he's going to be, let, let, let's get him in it early. Let's, let's right. Get him, you know, it, it, it's going to be, because this is, this could be, for a lot of people, this could be an example that if every kid, no matter what environment, if they could be given access to this knowledge mm -hmm. and, and the ability to implement it, what we're talking about life changing, world changing, world changing, yes, and, yes. and it, it, it's and and that sounds very 
dramatic, and I'm 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 trying to. Well, it is dramatic. I mean, let's let's not pull punches here. It's dramatic, yeah. and it's We're, a good thing to be dramatic that way because that's great. That's the best kind of drama. It's drama that ends up with a good result, and and it brings such a clarity. For those that doubt, the reason I wanted to share this story, not only does it feel good, but for those who doubt, when you see this, see somebody implemented, the really the the, the most throwaway member of society, a, a 14-year-old foster care kid that's full of anger and piss, and you know, most people's respect would have been like, he just needs his ass whipped. Mm. That's what most people's response. A lot of people would say that, yeah. Yeah. It, he needs a good ass whip. No, life's whipped his ass enough, and what he needed was an understanding that he doesn't. Know, he no longer has to allow that to happen. Mm, yeah. And 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 that that awakening has changed him for the better. And he will. He'll never be the same. I don't know where he goes with it. But he'll never be the same. And this is after a, a just a little bit of time. And we, we don't know, like you say, where his life is going to go. What we do know is. Because of this transition, he's not likely to go back to the dark side. That, no. that would be really, really shocking if that were to happen. No. And, and so because he's going to stay on the light side, his life is going to be remarkable. He's going to produce some stuff that, you know, it, it reminds me of the line from the movie that came out last year called The Imitation Game, the story of Alan Turing, who helped develop the first computer, beat the Enigma um, uh, deco- yeah. encoding device from World War II and helped defeat the Nazis. Yes. The, the 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 statement that Turing makes that they actually incorporate into the dialogue of the movie a number of different times resonates in my mind as we're talking about Bob. And that statement is this. Sometimes it's the very people that no one ever expects anything of that can that are the only ones who can do the things that no one ever expects anything. Yes. I mean, yes. that pretty much sums it up. Here it we have does. a kid who who is, like you said, he was the throwaway kid. He's the one that society was disposing of. And he's going to be the one, I just feel it in my bones, who's going to do something that blows everybody away well, he, with he how comes, great it is. He comes with so much credibility because his lack of credibility, in a sense, yeah. creates so much credibility. I know that sounds crazy, but his he has nothing. It's zero. He has no agenda. It, it, it simply, this happened. It changed my life. I have, I, there's people that have witnessed my life change. When people hear the story, when, when people are complaining about the stuff they complain about, and you, you look at what this kid's been through, you, you get really humbled pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 really, it, it really does change that. I, you know, one of the things that I saw happen in, in, in my um, boy's life is uh, uh, after I had both boys adopted for a while, this was an amazing thing. It reminded me sort of what we're talking about here. Um, we had moved up to from South Carolina. We'd moved up to Virginia, and there's this uh, uh, home that down in North Carolina that we had previously spent the two Christmases before we moved up to uh, Richmond. We spent the group homes two Christmases at these group homes, and we bought presents for the kids. Well, that Christmas that we moved up to Virginia, I called down there and said, "We're we're in Virginia. We don't have any." Um, we don't have any uh, way to get down there this this year, but we're going to send presents. And the lady very nicely said, "Thank goodness we don't have any kids this Christmas. It's a blessed Christmas." <laughs> and that was that, that was amazing. However, Christmas Eve night, I get a call. Now we're in Virginia, by the way, at that point. 
and, and they're right outside of Raleigh. And uh, I get a call from this lady, and she, she was desperate. She said, we had just got an emergency admission. We have this family of, um, of three kids. They're, they're seven, eight, and ten. Horrible situation. Mom had shot the father on Christmas Eve. Mm. Um, mom's in jail. Dad's maybe going to die. And the kids are here. And we, we don't even, we don't have anything. I said, yeah, I, I told, I said, we'll be down there. I, 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 and this was Christmas Eve. I told the boys we're getting up at, you know, four in the morning. We'll, we'll make up something. So I, I, I asked the boys, I said, I will replace whatever you get, but let's open your presents now. It's like four in the morning. Let's open your presents now. And I want you to pick a present each and then I'll, I'll get something. You know, we'll, we'll do that and we'll, we'll take these kids presents. And, uh, and I'll replace whatever you get. Don't worry about that. Well, my son Chris had a remote control car that he was going to get, which is very kind. And both boys that year got an Xbox 360. Mm. And TJ handed me that. And, 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 and took it. I mean, I was, I was like, I, was, I looked at him and I go, wow. Mm. What, that, what that meant was, it, you know, you got to realize, TJ at the time was probably 13. 13-year-old boy, Xbox 360. There's nothing more to give up than that back right. in the day. Right. For him to hand that over, he saw the value of of that that way of thinking, that way of giving. His heart had changed. Bob mm-hmm. heart is, Bob's heart has changed. And you you see these things. By the way, I, I told TJ, let's pick another gift. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, we'll, <laughs> we did, but we had plenty of guests, and we'll keep the Xbox 360, and uh, I'll, I'll replace the other stuff. But he, he, but the point was his willingness to give it. Mm-hmm. Bob's willingness right now to give what he's what he, he wants to give it now. He wants to take this message out. Um, I want this message to get out because it's it is affecting people, not just Bob, but for every Bob, there's a you know, there's, I think there's somewhere around 300,000 kids, if I remember correctly, that are in foster care around oh. the country that are looking for homes right now. Wow, that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Can you imagine if we could get this message to those guys? Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> that's a foster care parent. If every foster care parent could start believing in that. In fact, I just realized I blew the Alan Turing quote because when you said that, it cued my mind. Oh, wait a minute! I got one of the words wrong. I said um, what you were expecting. It's actually what you're imagining. So, so the the exact quote is: Sometimes it's the people no one can imagine anything of that do the things that no one can imagine. Yes. Oh, I like that better. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and that, and you know, like I said, the, the, there's a statement that I, I somebody told me when I was going through my struggles, and it sort of goes where you're going but it has more of a God connotation to it. It says, um, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and, and in a sense, he qualified Bob, in a sense. And, and what's really cool when you think about um, that message, that, that, the way you just expressed it, um, which is different from the way that perhaps those who are involved in Christian circles will sometimes teach it, it, when, when we talk about somebody being called, what we're really saying is somebody answered the call. Yes. Because the call goes out to everybody. Oh, yeah. It's just, just a question of are you willing to answer the call? And the call isn't necessarily what the church teaches. The call is are you willing 
to acknowledge the truth about how the world works, about how the universe works, about how spirit works, about how everything metaphysical works. It works based on this law of attraction. If you're willing to accept that and put it into your life, you can be a Bob. Exactly. And, and, that, and see, that's the, that's the key because, uh, again, you know, I, I, I don't want my friends who are uh, you know, Christian to think that I'm, I'm bashing the religion. And, and, and there's some great Christian people I know. There are, absolutely. And, 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 and I report myself to be a Christian. I, I do. I, I, I have a, a lot of stuff I don't agree with with the church, but I do love the, the concept of forgiveness. What I do have a problem with, and, and I see it all the time, I, I, I witnessed this. There, there was one time a church that I w- I'm aware of was looking for a pastor. And, and so they were, they were looking, and they had these guest pastors come in, and, and they, they asked this one guy, and he's like, well, no, I'm not really interested. And then they, the, you know, the, the salary was like $80,000. Well, the, when they raised it up to $100,000, he was all of a sudden called. <laughs> and and I, 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 I looked at it and go, oh, so now you're called. You, you, you know, you've got, so God wanted you to up that twenty grand, and <laughs> yeah, right. you got called. So, so to me, it gets lost in a lot of what people are talking about. They're being called to do, like you're saying. I think we're all called. I think the message is called, and those that choose to answer it, the Bobs of the world can answer it and respond in a way that you know. You get some little rich kid that grew up. No, no disrespect to, the, to those young men that are growing up, but some little rich kid at a school has no clue what Bob's been through. And for mm. what Bob to go through and get on this other side, he, he, he will have an authority to speak that no one else before him has ever had. And for the rest of us, what's our excuse? Yeah. And so it, it's what motivates me when I see the Bobs of the world. When I meet a Bob of the world, it energizes me. It, 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 it puts me in a place of like, I need to get my buddy here. Look at, mm. look at this guy. I mean, it, you know, I, I need to work harder. I need to work harder at, at turning it over and, and not getting stuck on my own resistance because Bob <laughs> has no resistance, and he just, I just witnessed what he did in, in a month. Truly an inspiring story. It really is. I mean, I'm sitting here just kind of immersed in the feeling of, wow, what this kid is doing is just plain amazing. And think about this. This is what you and I talk about every week, and we're sitting here saying how amazed we are about well, it is it, it takes it to a level that that i've heard about i felt but for to actually w- watch it firsthand oh is, is something man. that i what you know privilege. i I, be- I believe in this with all my heart it, it's what i base my my it's the reason i get up in the morning i really it is but to see it happen on such an unfiltered uh with without any resistance it it tells me that not only does it work, it works perfectly, and it works instantly if you don't resist it happening. It's and that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. You don't want to resist. And, and our audience, you want to, you want to actually discipline your mind. You want to discipline yourself, not in a negative way, but you want to, you know, keep redirecting yourself onto the stuff that you want to feel about and think about, because you know that's what's going to bring about. And it, it does take some effort. It does take some. You know, willingness to do it, a little bit of discipline, self-discipline. But we can all do it. We, Every we one of us can do can. it. And I have a, a, a quote that I heard earlier this week, and it, it, it sort of relates. And one of the things that, that I spent a lot of, li- of my lifetime, this quote helps me a lot, put it in, in, I'm putting it in perspective for me, is for a long time in my life, 
I mistook, I, I, I mistakenly thought pleasure was happiness. Mm, yeah. And when we're when we're looking at the law of attraction, I think it's it's we we tend often to look at the pleasure side of what we're seeking, forgetting that the law of attraction is is really going to manifest the happiness side. And pleasure can come in many forms and comes from many different ways, and it's not always a good way either. Um, whereas happiness is always pure; it is always from within. Yeah, when when you start from a position of joy. Any pleasure that comes your way tends to be of the positive, joyous type. Yeah. But you're right. If it's not from a position of joy, you're going to end up with the, the, the ephemeral stuff that ends up doing more damage than it does good. And, and it, it isn't so much that the, the pleasure does damage. It's, it's the side effects that go along with the methods used to attain that pleasure that cause the damage. But you don't have to be there. And, and that's what focusing on happiness and joy helps you to do. It helps you to avoid all that, that junk because... You, you can feel joy just by, well, I do it every day with my cat, Joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I enjoy my cat named Joy. And, and he's called, by the way, it's a he, which I know sounds weird. But uh, my cat is called Joy because he is a bundle of joy. He just is a joyful cat. He expresses joy regularly. Just the way he rolls around and he'll rub up against you. I mean, he's just, he's the epitome of joy. Well, you can find the joy anywhere. You, can have, you don't have to have a cat named Joy. You can find the joy. And when you find that, you're finding your way to true pleasure. Yes, absolutely. It's such an amazing thing, and, and to, to witness it. And so I, I look at, you know, again, my quote-unquote uh, free uh, pro bono work with Bob has has actually paid huge dividends to me, way beyond what I would have gotten my normal hundred dollar per session fee. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for telling the story. As usual, we've used up our hour, and it's amazing that it just flies right by, but there it is going out the door again. All right. Well, so good to talk to you, my friend. I'm glad we were able to share this with our listeners. Oh, this was so worthwhile. This has been probably one of the best hours we've done. So thank you for taking the time to share the story with us because it's just been great. look forward to seeing you next week. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Mm 